Hiya and welcome to the Northern Girls Club podcast, conversations from the clubhouse. I am Lauren. Hiya, nice to hear from you and nice to see you. No, I need to start that again. Completely went tits up, don't know what I'm talking about. I need to yawn also, so it's not the end of the world. <laughs> Hiya and welcome to the Northern Girls Club podcast, conversations from the clubhouse. I am Lauren, your founder and captain... I am Sasha, your co-founder and manager, and we've been dreading this episode because oh, we need to talk about ourselves. I don't ourselves. want to do it. <laughs> I think that's why we just, we, honestly, it's just taken us about 10 minutes to get to this point. <laughs> so we apologise. We're not going to be polished. We're not going to be perfect, but we know we have to do this. Yeah. We are going to touch base on who we are, what we're all about, what kind of people we are, what we do for work, because so much of it is dressed up in what NGC is. Um, you can't really separate one without the other, no. right? So we're going to touch base on work. We're going to mm-hmm. touch base on personal things. We're probably going to have a bit of an argument at some point because yeah. we are related. Yeah. And I guess that's a good place to start, right? Yeah. Sasha and I are cousins. People don't really know this, do they? No, and I think we forget sometimes, don't we? So we are cousins, but it's kind of one of those situations where you're like cousins, but you're like sisters and you're from a big, massive family and everyone's yeah. just, you know. Now, when we say we're from a big, massive family, you know, people say that and they're being like metaphorical or they don't mean it. No, we really, we, we really are. It. Just to give you like a mental image. So when we were like 14, 15, we'd go to like some really stock tourist Benidorm hotel kind of thing. You know, those like high rise holiday resorts that are like as cheap as you can get in the six week holidays because our families worked hard, but that's pretty I much I think we actually going. used to go in May when it was freezing cold. Yeah, and we'd be there right, in, like, in, in our bikinis Whenever and it was cheap. Yeah. And we'd go, all our cousins, so there's like an army of us and we'd arrive and everyone at the hotel would immediately be off because we would just bomb the pool and like parenting for us was our mums and dads like having a pint and smoking in the bar while we ran riot yeah I was telling someone at work about this actually today so we talked about Christmas and um someone at work was saying <laughs> yeah. oh god you know I'm, I'm I'm hosting Christmas for the first time and I've got 12 people around at my house and I was like 12 I said we have 30 people yeah. at somebody's house on Christmas day which is the absolute truth yeah we do have 30 people there for Christmas dinner so our Christmas dinners are iconic. It's a buffet. <laughs> Everybody turns up with something. Me and Lauren don't. Oh, don't be- let Nana hear you call it a buffet though. That's- but it is a buffet. <gasps> Nana uses that word. That's allowed. No, she doesn't. Yes, she does. No. It's a gravy that you can't insult. That's another story. <laughs> so all the adults bring and contribute something. We don't do that yet because we don't classify ourselves still as adults no, in the family. The we're, we're still the kids. So all the adults bring something, it's a buffet, you get a plate, you find a bit of floor to sit on and you eat your Christmas dinner and that's what it is, it's about 30 of us. That's it and, and everybody just turns up in the Christmas jumpers, everybody, we have a bit of a quiz and a laugh, yeah. it's, there's nothing There's nothing glamorous about oh, our Christmas. I, absolutely not. But that is not a complaint or a criticism no. because we wouldn't have it any other way. 100%. So we're family um, and we have a massive family and our family is primarily from and still living in Burnley and there is the biggest thread so far of Northern Girls Club we are from a doubt like basically if you're celebrating anything in our family expect to be ripped to shreds for it so no one really cares about your promotions no, no one's really asked about nobody still really knows what NGC is or what we do oh, they, no, they haven't they, got a clue they're not interested no everyone's just like oh yeah right, whatever yeah. it's just whatever that's probably a little bit why we are as down to earth as we are because We've been brought up that way. Nobody yeah. really shows off. It's just no, not that kind of vibe, is it? And we're from Burnley. Our lovely, humble, working class town. Cobble streets. Yeah, cobble streets, disused factories. Community. 
Co- Countryside as far as the eye yeah. can see. Oh, it's so poetic. Taffner's pies <gasps> in the air in Burlington Centre. Oh my God. Think flat caps. Think sticky dance floors. Yeah. Think, oh, we could be really poetic here. Think swathes of claret yeah. and blue down Harry Potter's way on a Saturday. Think chatting to your neighbours over the garden wall as you're hanging out your washing. Oh. <laughs> That's <laughs> what it is. It is, to be fair. Yeah. And, and it absolutely is. And we've tried to foster as much of that spirit as possible. So we've been brought up with that as well. Yeah. We are both teachers. And we're going to really have to knuckle down on this because, and again, it feels uncomfortable in saying this, we're both really good teachers. I mean, I'm probably have periods in my life where I've been better. And I don't mean that because I'm not good anymore. I just mean I'm a lot busier now and we'll perhaps get to different things. But we see what our town has to offer. We see what we have to offer. And we see our kids who, Christ, need people to look up to. Yeah. Um, Burnley is a town of two halves. And I guess no one sees that as much as you do because you have the honour of working in a Burnley school. Yeah, so um, just <laughs> a bit about me, really. So lived in Burnley, obviously, all my life. We, Me and Lauren actually went to the same university. So I went to Newcastle University. Yeah. We've done city living. I lived in Manchester for a while and it just wasn't for me. And I just found myself back in Burnley. Um, and I've probably been teaching now, God, probably about nine years so I teach at the school that I used to go to when I was a student, which is is, is bizarre. Great, but also bizarre. Um, and I've been doing that for about nine years. I've been lead practitioner for about four now. Recently promoted to head of department. Oh, here she is. Oh which my gosh. Is, which is actually really exciting but equally terrifying so can I just say it took you seven minutes to mention that yeah sorry I'm just going to walk around with a big placard hi I'm head of department now I'm Um, sessions and it's head of department (laughs) can you see me in my office so yeah that's what I do work wise Uh, but yeah my school is really interesting and I think this kind of underpins where NGCUs come from um, I work with a lot of really disadvantaged yeah. students um, that have got so many challenges, so many obstacles, far, 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 far bigger than what I would say average people and average children have. And I think it's coming from times like that and schools like that where our kids notoriously have low aspirations. Yeah, They are from a town that is slated in the media, let's be honest. I remember when I was a kid, Everything was negative about Burnley. The headlines that I used to read were depressing before I even really knew what headlines were and what that meant for my future and what the impact, what that had on me. And yeah, so from Burnley, low aspirations, but we know, and this is something that we touched on in episode one, there is so much more to Burnley Mm. than that. And NGC is all about finding that. Finding this hidden talent, finding the positives of Burnley. Right, but thinking beyond Burnley as well, because our town is so typical of so many others. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a common thread amongst northern towns. And what I've what I've talked about there, the examples that I've given, they are not unique to Burnley. No. They are very much unique to the north, to working class people all over the country. This is still a problem that exists, that there are a lot of kids that still you know, really struggle with finding their place and their identity. And I'm from this town and I quite like it, but also can I stay here and be successful because people are telling me that I need to leave. And it's that, and we've lived it and we've breathed it and we've come out the other side. So I think this is us 
passing on what wisdom we have now we are in our 30s and we're old and we're wise can we say that i guess that's a really fair point though because we are i would never have done this 10 years ago i would have had nothing to offer anyone i was an absolute mess i had no idea what i was doing where i was going and i completely echo that you get to your 30s don't you think oh Mm, (laughs) all right now Now this is how it works yeah um teaching is a mad job and i guess going digressing a little bit there is nothing better no Oh, oh, there is nothing better than that. I could sit here all day and I could, and I wouldn't, but I could name drop some students who I still think of, yeah. who, of, of faces that made me feel better when I saw them, of results that, and I'm telling you now, and I say this because I back myself and I back them and I always will back them. They never would have got that qualification without me, mm. but I wouldn't have got them that qualification yeah, without, without them. Yeah. Um, it's the hardest hand. and best job in the world. It is. You've got to be bonkers and brilliant to do it. Mm. Teachers are not giving enough credit. Oh. We tore the line a little bit with NGC because we have a laugh, but it's in our heart and we're doing it for this reason. Mm. Um, and if any students of ours are listening, like we back you, we're on your side and we're showing you something right. And I'm going to tell a story in a minute um, about me. Um, you're not going to be, dis- be successful despite being from the North. You are going to be successful because mm. you are from the North. Um, because it will give you um, an alternative perspective. It will give you a different way of thinking. It will give you a grit. A resilience that other people haven't had to foster. And no one is showing you that because you've been bombarded with the same old rubbish. We're not going to go back through that. But I'm also a teacher. I taught at um, a school that's different to Sasha's. So I taught at a heavily religious school, uh, perhaps a little bit more traditional, um, but with its fair share of issues. Kids there who maybe from families who are money rich, time poor, who needed backing academically, weren't perhaps exposed to the literacy levels that maybe they should have been. Um, and that still runs in our blood teaching and it all will and always will It do. always will. Yeah. And it always underpins everything that we do because it, it's a funny one, NGC, because we kind of pull in two directions. We do it for women that are our age and our demographic of women that need inspiration and they need that common ground. But then we also do it, we call it our up and comers, don't we? Yeah. The people that one day will be us, the people that will go to university for the first time and have to discover that they are working class because they've never been told that because working class is a dirty word and we can't tell these students that they're working class. So you go and you figure out it the hard way and we will teach students that will go to universities and their accents will stand out like a sore thumb. These like are all anecdotes, anecdotal stories that have happened to me that we've had to figure out. And we have lived through all of these instances where being Northern, although it's absolutely brilliant at times, it's hard and it does make life more difficult than, than perhaps it needs to be sometimes. Yeah. We talk about accent bias a lot. We talk about working class you know, prejudice and attitudes. We are teaching students that will live that. So it's really important to show them an alternate narrative. You will hear negative things about your town in the media. You will be in interviews in workplaces, in colleges, where people will say degrading things about your accent. That is a reality that will happen. But that's not what it is to be Northern. There's an alternate narrative. People are really successful. We found it, we've got it, we're going to show it you. Yeah, literally that's it in its simplest form. All we're doing is connecting the dots because we can, we're, we have the potential to, because we're in the schools, we have access to these students. We're just saying, look, they're there. Yeah. And nobody showed us. No. No one showed us. No. Even now when I get these features in on NGC, I think, bloody hell, I would have had a go at that. Or I wish someone had said to me, why don't you have a go at this? Honestly, it was not, those conversations were not happening. No. 
Not happening. No. So, you know, that's what we're kind of aiming to do here. And failing miserably at some things in the process and not in the others. Um, so we've got that going on. But we also have the English thing going on. Because I don't think anybody else in the world or on the planet could do NGC other than me and you. No. Because we do a lot of written work with mm. it, don't we? Because mm. that's what we like to do. Yeah. And your poem. Yeah. So, but I, I, wrote, I wrote a poem, which um, is absolutely bizarre to say so. so we are the like, women. Yeah, so me and Lauren are, are English teachers. And that's something I think that, that we've always had in common. So when I was a kid, I loved reading. I was never embarrassed about it at all. You know, I loved school. I had a great set of friends, but I read all the time. And now when I talk about reading to the kids and attitudes are changing, which obviously I'm really pleased about. But I remember when I was at school, like, oh my God, reading, that's the saddest thing ever. Nobody mm. reads, but we read all the time. Still do. And we, we've talked about, and this is probably another episode, like when we were younger, trying to find our place and our hobbies and something that we enjoyed. And um, we, I won't go into the ins and outs of this, but basically when me and Lauren were younger, we got sent to dancing. <laughs> And to put this no, in, yeah, when she says sent, sent we, were sent, we were sent. So, so I have three older brothers, and the reason why I've been thinking about this recently is because um, we've been getting more involved in football. Yeah. So we've been going on football matches, which we've never done before. Um, supporting the Clarets, UTC, absolutely number one fans now. Yeah. So we've been getting more into football, and I was thinking about when we were younger. My brothers got sent to football, and they loved it. And they would come home from playing Sunday league. Their, their team was actually coached by my dad, and they'd come home and they'd be buzzing. Oh my god, this happened, and that goal, and blah blah blah. And I come home from dancing, being like, I don't get it. Like I hate dancing. This is not my thing. And we got sent there. We had to wear these hideous purple leotards. I remember as and well. I, I was like lanky, and I had a big <sighs> like red fiery long bushy hair yeah. I honestly looked like a clown and I was so self-conscious yeah. even at what age eight in that purple leotard and we'd be prancing around like um hating I mean I was I was, a, I was an, a, a spectacle <laughs> to behold I was in time with the music I was tell no absolutely not absolutely so not. we were spending our Saturdays there and I remember coming back being like this isn't my thing hmm. and I remember thinking and hey, listening to my brother's talk that's their thing what is mine and then I really quickly discovered that it was reading and that can be a thing. Mm. So me and Lauren, we love words. We love poems. We are pretty we tragic. Thinkers. We thinkers, but we send each other poems all the time. So for Northern Girls Club Live, our first event, we said, right, we, we're going to do a speech. And for me, that is really terrifying because in a work situation, I'm on it. I'm in control. I know what I'm doing anything with my personal life like even me being here now having this conversation is so out of my comfort zone I hate the limelight being on me personally yeah so I was thinking right I've got to do a speech like number one I hate public speaking in front of adults give me a room full of teenagers any day so this was a massive thing for me I thought I'm just gonna write a poem so I wrote a poem about what what it means to be a working class woman and I just wrote it I didn't think about it I edited it for a few days and I read this poem and it just absolutely took off, didn't it? Yeah, it went viral. It went yeah, everywhere. Yeah, it did. Because it's an amazing poem. Like, you have talent. But and I don't think anyone's bringing that to the surface at the minute. No, and then we've untapped that because we've got to do a lot of writing for our Northern Girls Club page. But I think we just articulate so many common threads, so many common themes, so many common feelings, behaviours yeah. of women. And we just say it. It's there. We see it, we summarise it, we say it. And I guess what people don't realise is NGC helps us in our actual lives mm -hmm. because we, we say all the time, don't we, one step at a time. 
honestly, I must say that to myself two, three, four times a week because we've not only got the family thread running through it between us and through the page, we've got the Burnley Northern thread, we've got the teaching thread, we've got the writing thread. But I know what I've got is the business thread. Yeah. And all of those things together, we've got a real skill set and it's working. Um, now, when I say, but even now I still feel, I still feel like I can't talk about this. I, mean, I don't know what it is. It's just ridiculous. But this is probably the spark that set the fire of NGC. I think if it hadn't have been for this, don't think it would have ever got where it is. Are you going to call me an entrepreneur? Probably I am, I think. But even like I'm cringing talking about it. It's ridiculous. Um, I, I am a teacher for all intents and purposes. And a couple of years ago, I got an opportunity to tutor a student at a Premier League football club. So I said, yeah, I needed the extra cash. I was always buying new clothes. I'm a spender, spender, spender. So I said, yeah, yeah, that's fine. I've never been shy of hard work. If I need to go to work after work to do more work, I'll do it. That's just mm. the way I've always been. Um, so I was tutoring this student one-on-one -on -one, and I was looking around at what I was being asked to tutor him. And I thought, it's not very good. So basically what you have to follow is a curriculum. So something that you meant to teach and, and, and when. I thought it's not very good and it didn't sit well with me. Um, and I taught it and he did okay. But then I started to deviate from it and I started to write my own. Um, and I got that student through. And then the year after I got more students and I wrote my own curriculum. And that year I got more students through than had ever been through before at that particular club. Um, and then all of a sudden ears were pricking up and people were like, what's going on there at that club? And I was terrified. I had absolutely no idea. At this point, I was just a teacher. I still say that now, I'm just a teacher. There's not just anything. No, You're not just, just about it. We've got to remove this language. Mm. Um, anyway, fast forward to now, I've copyrighted that curriculum. I have a team of teachers who go and deliver that curriculum across a range of football clubs in the Northwest. Um, and I've learned how to manage and run a business along the way and have applied some of those principles to NGC. So we've drawn on all of that, haven't we? And we have been through things at, at school that have complimented Northern Girls Club. I've been through things in football. I mean, I could tell you some stories and I guess we'll get some in a minute, but all of those things combined mm. is what makes NGC so unique because mm. it is literally an embodiment of me and you. Yeah. And I think equally, just as much, it, it, you know, it is a combination of things that we're good at. We would not be sat here either if we hadn't gone through our fair amount of oh. because things have been hard. And you know, we won't go into stories and, and that that's something else that, that we've picked up on with NGC. Life is so difficult for everybody in really sometimes unique ways in sometimes really incomprehensible different ways. But life is hard mm. and life has been hard for us, but we build on that and it's the empathy. And that's something that really champions NGC. You know, we want to shout about women that are amazing in what they would consider to be average jobs. Yeah. But we also want to showcase and put a spotlight on actually the times that have been really difficult because nobody talks about those, not in really an open I mean, and, and transparent way. I can give an example of that and I'm quite happy to talk about this. So one of our, um, this is a big thing actually, I can't believe I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it. If we're going to practice what we mm. preach, then let's go for it. We did an event um, at Hotel Football, these beautiful marks behind us. Actually, it comforts me seeing them because it was women, that, you know, it was you guys that put them together and we created this art. That event um, was back end of February um, and I was in the absolute throes of postnatal depression. I was so poorly. You lot will have had no idea. And I'm not saying this for recognition or applause. I don't want any of that. Um, I was sleeping a lot. I had gained weight. I was drinking, I wasn't a drinker, but I was going mm. out drinking. 
Um, and I was poorly. I was really, really ill. And my default is to work, is to go into work. So it doesn't surprise me that the peaks of NGC correspond with the peaks of when I'm down. Um, and that event was really, really difficult. We were actually anticipating to get double the numbers that we had, but for various logistical issues, it didn't happen. Um, it was still great. You lot didn't know, and it's fine. It's not secret. That's business. And luckily, I've got a thick skin on that one. Um, but we got home, and I was—I can't tell you how ill I was. Do you remember that? I texture. I, remember. I was crying. I was mm. down. Mm. Um, but that day as well, so if you remember. So again, this is just kind of a, a bit of a realistic picture. You'd gone in to do our first school oh, session. So yeah, and, and again, college. Going back from that, that, so I'd done um, I'd done four hours. I taught from half nine till half one at school. I'd come home. I'd pick the girls up, fed them. I'd gone to Nelson and Con College. I'd delivered our first school mm. session, and I'd done that alongside some other women who'd helped us. So I led that from the front. I got changed in the car, and I met the minibus, and then we went to mm. hotel football. And on that way, I found out that thirty of the women that were meant to be coming weren't mm. coming. Um, and I'll, I listen to that now and I think, why the bloody hell were you doing that? Mm. Like, if you were telling me that, Sasha, I'd be like, are you, mm. are you joking? Like, mm. But it's a coping mechanism, isn't it? Yeah. But so I guess I'm, I'm sharing that because we're human. Mm. Um, you know, I've been through that, but we're drawing on our skill sets and we're drawing on our talents. And you know what? Despite that, we're smashing it. Mm. We're doing well. Mm. I think so anyway. But we are. We're just completely normal people. I mean, like, we talk about work and we talk about families, but we are just really, really normal like, if you said to me, describe things about you, I would say the most boring things What would ever. you say? Go on, tell me. <laughs> I hate that question. So, do you know what's funny? When <laughs> No, I'd ask you. Wait, no, I'm going to answer. You. I'm going to answer. But what I'm going to say is, the kids' interpretation of you as a teacher is always spot on. So whatever they notice <laughs> yeah. about you, they whatever they tell you. So, for example, right, so teach me Ever Levens today, and they're like, miss what you're doing this weekend. I said, oh, I'm just going to have a quiet one this weekend. Oh, you're staying in with your dominoes. <laughs> they know that that's what I do. Did you go, no? I was like, no, no, absolutely not. <laughs> um, so yeah, absolute pizza fanatic, obsessive reader, cat mum, Pendle Hill walker, bike rider. I write poems now. You're a poet. I am a poet. I'm a self-proclaimed poet. I'm not at the point where I would ever have the balls to release more of my poems um yeah I write, yeah i think I write, you're getting there yeah i'm getting there right content for ngc i'm absolutely obsessed with the uh, tv series vikings and if you haven't watched it you have to watch it i'm actually re-watching it for the second time and do you know what that is my life it's really average but i really love it yeah and it's really enjoyable and there is success that's it. yeah that's it that's well, what it's I not do. Like, but it's not it it's it. Yeah. <laughs> no, you so mean. tell me about you outside of work, oh. outside of Oh, see, I'm cringing again. I'm yeah, dying. just do it. Um, okay, so I teach part-time now in a school. Um, my business was booming. But that's teaching and business. Oh, that's not what I asked you. That's what you do. You go there to default. I don't know the answers. Honestly, I really struggle with this. Um, right, I'm very driven. I don't take no for an answer. Mm. I'm intelligent. Um, I like to read. I like to walk my dog and just disappear mm. for a little bit. Um, I am a mum and that's such a big part of my identity that's literally stripped me down to my core and put me back together again they are my reason for everything and also my biggest pain in the arse <laughs> um, a mum of two little girls which again that's such an undertone to everything mm. that we're doing because I want them to see where, they've, where they're from mm. and what they could be in a way that perhaps I was never shown um, I'm a bloody you know what I'm a cracking teacher and I'm confident I'm a confident woman mm. um, I can hold my own in a room but I can be hard work, it can be difficult, but can't we all? All, all the festivals. 
But it is, it's, you know, with these people and with, with all of these things combined, um, I'm not ever going to pretend to be anything other than I'm not. Somebody said to me the other day, oh, like, I look up to you. Or I wish, who was that? I don't know. It doesn't matter who it was. But I remember thinking, bloody hell, don't be doing that. But then I guess, is that not the whole point? Is that not what we're, I don't know. Maybe somewhere along yeah, the Yeah, I think, I think what we've built with NGC is just a complete community of women that you can look up to in some way. And what I find interesting is we don't necessarily feature um, women's, women's, so we call them women's features where they tell their story. We don't necessarily do as much of those on NGC anymore because we're out in the real world trying to bring those people together yeah. in, in real life. But all of those stories, no matter who they are, you take something away from them. And I remember when I wrote my story. So I wrote my story after like such a pivotal point in my life where my life had literally been turned upside down on its head. I was living in Manchester with my ex at the time. I'd moved over there, starting this new thing together. We're renting a flight, first time we'd ever lived together. And it lasted about seven months and it just wasn't for me. And I just came home and I remember writing my feature. And, you know, I touched on that and I said, I've ended up, Coming back to Burnley, I've realised this is where I'm going to be. I feel so much better about it. I bought my first house. And I remember so many people messaging me being like, God, you've made me feel so much better about the fact that I'm still single and I'm a similar age to yeah, you I and I don't that. have kids. So I think there's something to be taken from every single person that you read about on Northern Girls Club because that's the point, isn't it? We're all different, but we're all here living it together. Yeah, exactly. And that was such a big pivotal point because I think at that point especially at our age you realize that success is living the life you want not the life yeah. that's been lauded as the latest thing isn't it it's like are you happy in what it is mm. that you're doing right and nobody now nobody ever asks that people ask you all the time you know what do you do for work are you married have you got kids you can have all of those things but you can be absolutely miserable and I bet there's people that are out there listening to this and we touched on this when we did our NGC live about this idea of listening to yourself and listening to your voice and we had some really powerful talks we had one from some uh, a, a woman who was really high up in the military and she talked about you know if you are unhappy in that relationship leave it if you don't like your job leave it forget this image of what you think your life should be because that's what society tells you you've got to start living it for happiness and nobody talks about that no. everyone wants to know what's your job how much money are you on how many kids have you got what car do you drive but they're not the questions that we should be asking. Do you do what, do you enjoy what you do? Are you happy? Do you work hard? Do you come home and feel like you've done something productive that you feel fulfilled? Nobody asks those questions, but no. we started to do that. And I guess what the magic is as well, um, is making people feel like they can do it. Mm. Because if you see somebody else doing it, so the, the best example I can give of this is when my business started to gain traction, I was getting phone calls from clubs inquired about if I could deliver the model there, would it work? And I'm thinking, oh my God, what the hell is going on? Um, I got invited down to Premier League head, head office, right? And I'm six months pregnant. So I'm going to London. It's a big deal. Mm -hmm. Little girl from Burnley. Mm -hmm. And I hate that. Like, I hate them even doing that. Teacher, part-time, pregnant, accent. You can imagine. Mm -hmm. So I'm on the train down there and I worked the whole journey. I made pages and pages of notes because literally that's how my brain works. And I was going to sit with all the education executives who are responsible for the, basically all the learning that professional players do outside of their training program, right? And they wanted to know why the clubs that I was working in were doing so well. So I managed to convince myself the whole way down that they were trying to find me out, mm. <laughs> that I was cheating when I absolutely wasn't the case. You know, it just wasn't the case. Anyway, I get to Premier League head office and it is as glamorous as you can imagine. It's this pristine white building in the Mayfair end of London. You've got a buzz in. I am not versed in this corporate world no. at all, right? At all. And I mean, I'm a fish out of water. 
So I buzz in and I'm greeted by a princess on reception and my name's on a fancy screen and I'm not joking. I've got my face, my hair stuck to my face. I'm sweating. I'm wearing some sort of smock because I do not know mm. what to wear because I'm pregnant. <laughs> and you know, it's like hot, but not hot. Yeah. And, oh my God. So I'm sitting down on this sofa. I get called into this meeting. It looks like Alan Sugar's apprentice table and I completely shut down. Um, around a table with mostly men, a couple of women, women who've worked within the offices of, of the Premier League. And they're all discussing um, resources that clubs should use to teach lads um, English language, GCSE. And they're talking about coming up with some sheets that are centralised that every club could use. And my panic's coming back down to earth a little bit. You know, when your face goes hot mm. and your hands are a little bit fizzy. And what it was that they were talking about, I was just thinking it won't work. Mm. <laughs> I was sat there and I was like, literally my boobs are resting on my bump. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> and there was some guy, and this is honestly, Sasha, the honest truth, right? They'd called in some guy who was like in Singapore or something. And he was doing all the transcript. Honestly, it was like something from Star Trek. And I'm sat and they're talking about uh, centralized resources. And one of them should be about um, technology and technology in football. And um, basically what we'll do is we'll uh, give out these, things about iPads and I just literally waited for the room to go quiet and I just went not all of your lads will will have technology mm. I said not all of you boys will have a laptop I said actually some of your lads might not even have a mobile phone and if they do it might be on a prepaid mm. uh, sim so they might not afford it and the room just went quiet mm. and I said actually that that worksheet there the reading age of it is about four years older than it should be it's probably mm. coming out at about 18 you need to be aiming at about 14 um and I turned around and said, that scheme of work there won't work either. I said, because you're going to have six lads who are all on different exam boards. And I'm not joking. They all just stared at me and went, oh yeah. Mm. And it honestly, it was at that minute. And I just, I don't know where it was. And I found my, and I wasn't confrontational. It was business. That's mm. why I was there to give my input. But I came out of that meeting and I went, yeah, mm. I'm good at what I do. Mm. I see things differently. Mm. And no one was bothered about the way I was talking. Nobody was bothered that I was pregnant. Those were all my limiting beliefs. Well, then I suppose on the flip side of that is, even if you would have gone into that meeting and absolutely balls it up, that's still gross. And that's it. And that's what I'm trying to say. But what I wish I'd had, and I guess where we come back to NGC, is someone on the way down on that train journey mm. to just say, you deserve to be mm. there. You can do this. Mm. Your ideas are valid. Your accent's not going to hold mm. you back. Doesn't matter that you're pregnant. I had to go and live and breathe it. And obviously mm. that's where, you know, when you have questions, like if you could go back and teach yourself one mm. thing, what would it be? None of that really works because you only learn it by living it, don't you? But I just wish I'd had someone to say, really good luck in that meeting. Let us know how you get yeah. on. Actually, maybe yeah. think about this. And that's what NGC does. That's yeah. what it does for women. And that's so true because even things like, um, so we've got our Facebook group and, and all, all it is is our team members, when they do something, it could be anything. It could be something really minor, something really nondescript, something really incredible. Is someone to go and speak to and say, I've done this in a way that is recognised and understood. And I think that's the difference because... I think sometimes as women, you know, we might go home and speak to our partners and say, oh, I've done this, but they don't really get it. No. But I'm trying to explain to my mum and dad that I'm doing Northern Girls <laughs> Club podcast. They have not got a clue no. what I'm talking about. And my poor dad, bless him, is just nodding along, get me in the car. Oh, yeah, sounds good. He's right over his head. He ain't got a clue. So people that get it, that understand the magnitude of that achievement say, do you know what? That's a bloody good job. Mm. So things like, I'll give you the equivalent of this. So um, one of my goals was to get back into fitness. 
So over lockdown, I've always been quite active over lockdown. I just stopped going to the gym and it developed a massive fear about going back to the gym. Eventually I went back and then I was doing classes. I was doing a lot of weights, but not much cardio. Yeah. So then I thought, right, I'm going to buy a treadmill. And I remember when I was setting my NGC goals, played around with, oh, well, what, what if one of my goals was to run a 5K? There's probably people listening to this that have run marathons. In fact, I know that they are because we featured loads of women yeah. that have run marathons. Loads of you have and run marathons, like, oh you gosh. mad, mad bunch. Yeah, so people like 5K, that's absolutely pezzy. I'd like bang <laughs> that out on a dinner break. Whatever, that's a big thing for me. Can't relate. So I bought a treadmill and um, I think when I first got it, I could have run for about four minutes continually. And then I did my first 5K ever about a week ago. And I was so That's buzzing class. to post it in the group and tell people. That's what I mean. That's it. And you know what? The, the good thing about it is everyone else was equally buzzing because they get what an achievement yeah, that is. Even if it's something it's so small. Yeah, but it's not small to you. No, it, and it's it. having that base to go, look what I did. Guess what I did. Yeah. Um, and people coaching you through it and celebrating it, it, it with you. And that, that's what it is. And I think... You know, as women, we don't necessarily have that. No, but we have got it now. Yeah, we made Because it. that's why Northern Girls Club exists. So if you're ever in that situation, honestly, DM us. Mm. Like, and we get these messages all the time and we're going to do this on the next couple of messages. We're going to delve into the inbox, mm. aren't we? We're going to touch upon some stuff that you guys are going through and that kind of thing and we'll get there. But we care. Like we're asked, mm. you know, your next step, know. your little next steps, even if it's a backward step, but it's the right step for mm. you. We care and we want to know mm. because we are strengthening Northern numbers. Mm. And if we all take these one next step, we level ourselves up, honey. Mm. We're not waiting for Boris to do it for us. Not Boris anymore. Let's trust, trust with it. Let's trust. I'm loving the yeah. let's trust memes and, and that kind of thing. <laughs> let's not delve into politics, Sasha. Uh, but yeah, one step at a time. Fine, that's one what step we do. at a time. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you know a little bit more about us because it, we struggle with this, don't we? Mm. We struggle with being at the centre of this because we're not actually very good at it. But it's also um, not about us. And it's that's not about us. It's about never, you. Ever. So this is the last time we will ever talk about ourselves. Thank you so much for listening. But can we not ever talk about anything that was ever discussed on this podcast ever again? Love because you. I will die. Love you, bye. Thank you, bye. <laughs> <gasps> we did it. Yes. Oh. Yes.